welcome to He Says, She Says, God Says. I'm Emily Campbell and this is Ben Campbell. Hello. Good morning. So today we're talking about retirement. Are we there yet? <laughs> so we're about 15 years away from technical retirement. What? Which is a fair way away. And some might say, well, you know, that's a long way to, long way away to start thinking about retirement. But there's some key decisions I think we can make along the way, like now, and probably even earlier than now. Well, we probably started three years ago, didn't we? Mm, which may, you know, some people start even earlier planning their retirement or thinking about their future. I think we were too busy in the weeds back then. <laughs> probably right. So I don't think it matters what age you are. It's definitely worth listening to the story uh, that we have today so that you can start to think about it. You might not actually do anything about it yet, but at least start thinking about uh, what retirement looks like and all of the things you need to consider around setting yourself up for that. I suppose when you think about retirement, a lot of people automatically head to the financial aspect, but there's a lot of other things that you discussed with my gorgeous parental units around retirement. Mm. So that's, uh, that's the episode today. So I interview Tom and Jan, who are retired now. They're in their 70s, late, mid to late 70s. Um, they've been retired for probably 10 or so years, um, give or take. And uh, Tom was a bit of a workaholic right up until retirement. So we talk a little bit about that as well. Um, but it certainly is a good story and certainly some great insight in there. The other thing we've got at the end for you is two other couples who share their story too. So Mike and Helga and Jock and Helen share small snippets and some great advice about retirement as well. I think the important thing is too is that we're not giving any financial advice here. We're not financial planners. No. This is just to get you thinking about it. And you may well want to consider going and talking to someone who's an expert in this area, particularly if you're talking about finances, to make sure you get proper advice that's based on your circumstances. Absolutely. And by the way, I was talking to someone the other day uh, who approached me about the podcast and one of the things that I didn't realise is that a lot of people don't know about the outtakes that are at the end. Oh, don't they? <laughs> so the interesting, <laughs> people often say, well, you know, the couples that you interview are so articulate and so professional and, you know, yeah. seem to know what they're exactly what they're talking about. And I couldn't do that. And then when you listen to the outtakes, you often realise that we do do a reasonable amount of editing to cut out the the uh, mistakes and the stumbles and the things people say. So if you have half an hour of laughing that we do prior <laughs> to every recording. So at the end of each episode, after the music, there's a short section of mistakes and outtakes. So go back and have a listen to the other episodes if you're interested, because there is some fun in there as well. Anyway, on with the show. On with the show. Tom and Jan, welcome to He Says, She Says, God Says. Hello. <laughs> Good morning, Ben. <laughs> so just by way of introduction, we're related. Yes. Aren't we? Yes, By we marriage. Yes. I married your daughter. Yes. In fact, I took your daughter and gave you a dog. dog. Oh, I was <laughs> most upset. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog, dog turned out quite well <laughs> and you've turned out very well. <laughs> I don't know if it was such a good trade. <laughs> she wasn't happy in the beginning. <laughs> so we went, when I you know, met you both, what would be probably 35 years ago now, you were working for yourselves, how you were running your own businesses. We had a couple of businesses, I think, at the time, didn't you? I think we had three running from the back shed at that time. <laughs> so Tom, electrician by trade. Yes. Had been forever. Yes. All my life, left school and got a job and yeah, an apprentice for you know for four years. And I worked for my 
boss for two years after that. And uh, back there in the 60s, in the mid-60s, people were building flats. And he went off to build flats and he said to me, you can have the business. So I took over his business. And so how old were you when you did that? I was 20... I was 17 when I started, six years after that. That's yeah, okay. so about 23. 23 24. Okay, so, so 23, 24, you're running your own business. Mm. Um, and you're not a paperwork type no, guy. No, I'm not so a paperwork Jan, person. You, you had a pretty <laughs> big, important role to play in keeping the business running, didn't you? Yes. Well, we got married at that time and Tom had just started the business. And I can remember being in our first house and I thought it was rude to open other people's mail. So, of course, I never did. So you didn't open Tom's mail? No, I didn't open his mail until one day someone came knocking at the back door. And, of course, it's they're they're giving us a summons for not paying bills. And I thought, ooh, okay, (laughs) this is a bit scary. (laughs) So I thought, perhaps I'd better start opening some of these bills. (laughs) So that was my big start into learning how to run a business. <laughs> but, uh, but you were working too. You oh, yeah, were working I was working, Yeah, I was working as a dental assistant at the time, but I had to learn very quickly how to run a set of books. But I used to go off to tape courses and learn how to do a few things. But uh, it was quite frightening there for a while because, uh, you know, newly married, new business, no such thing as a mobile phone back then. So if you wanted someone, you had to go jump in the car and chase them up. And Tom was quite elusive at different times. <laughs> and uh, But we, we got it going, didn't we? We finally we got it going. A few knocks on the back door. We got quite friendly with the guy who used to drop the summons in. <laughs> he used to know us. <laughs> yeah, it was all fun to start with. And so... Were you getting summonses because you just weren't paying the bills or was the business not doing so well at the beginning? In in the beginning, you know, I probably would have been better off working working for a boss yeah. because the, the amount of work I was doing, you know, just wasn't profitable. But once once you get going and once you get known... So once you got a few regular clients, yeah. that improved well, the business? Get, yeah. That made it a bit easier to manage the books and the cash flow, did it, Jan? Yeah, it, it took a while because it was a whole new ball game for me because Tom would come home and he'd have these great plans, you know, and so we'd both sit there and we'd count all the PowerPoints yeah. and the like things. So it was the sort of thing we did together and then sort of tried to make up an invoice and, you know, to write out a quote because... We didn't have computers and things back then, so it was all handwritten. So, uh, yeah, so, we got typewriter. So, obviously, that you're also running a household too, and you're renovating houses. And so, how did you, what was the division of labor? So, Jan, you looked after the books and the business. Tom, you did the, you did the work um, in terms of the electrical. And then, so you both basically had four jobs. So, Tom, you had your day job, then you were coming home and renovating houses, which was your second job. Yeah. And then, Jan, you had the day job, which is you know, managing the books of the business and phone calls and booking yeah. client kids. appointments and, and the kids and the household. And Well, first of all, I was still working, working. in those early yeah. days. Yeah. But, yeah, then as we moved on and moved over to Alinga Avenue, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, we did up another house before that. We sold that, took four months, and it, and it sold. And we made enough to put a deposit on Elmo Avenue. Yeah. And so you were there for quite a long time, weren't you? Yeah, we were there. 30 years or 31 years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Emily was born the day that Tom moved into yeah. that house. Yeah. So I remember that story. Yeah. <laughs> so you 
basically ran the business for almost 50 years. Mm. So when you were getting to your, you know, near retirement years, because that's what we're going to talk about today is how to, you know, how to, how does a retirement work and how do you manage it? Did you have plans? Like, did you have set plans on what retirement was going to look like? Because you, you, you love working, Tom, didn't yeah, you? I, I must admit, I do. I did like working. I really, it was the be-all and end-all. There was one it, thing it you stopped. wanted to do, though, wasn't yeah. there? Huh? There was one thing you wanted to do. Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to caravan. No, I no, to... but Paul, you'd, you'd go past and watch everyone oh, have yes, coffee. Yeah. I used to... <laughs> used to annoy me that I couldn't sit down and have a coffee. I used to sit in King William Street and look into these people having a coffee and that... While, that, you're, while you're driving down in your yeah, white van. Yeah, I used to... Actually, I used to park in King William Street, especially when I was working around the area and I wasn't going home for lunch. I'd park and have lunch because there was a place there where I could get a decent roll and a, and a, a bun or something and a Coke and sit there and watch people but used to watch people having a coffee and that was one thing I wanted to do. When you retired? Retire, you know, go and have a coffee and not worry about I had to go to the next job. So that was Tom's retirement plan, (laughs) (laughs) to have coffee. And and I I do know that there was another plan about buying a caravan and travelling around Australia. So how long were you seriously thinking about retiring? I think I started quite early. Because of the business, you know, you're having to put money away for your superannuation. So I started to plan, I can't remember what year it was, but, you know, trying to plan things like making sure we could get rid of the overdraft and I was thinking, well, we have to downsize and um, you're starting to think how much money you might need to do this and it takes a lot of planning and thinking and I think probably most people should plan it. You need probably 10 years to plan it. And so 10 years. So if you're retiring at 65, people should start, you know, thinking you're like at 55. Is that yeah, sort of the... I think... I think, yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. And you've got, I suppose, have some idea at what age you want to retire. But we, we sort of... Tom was lucky because he retired and we went on a trip. We went on overseas and we had a great time. But then we came back and he started working again. When did we stop the business? We had a company. We had our company and and it was when I was 65 we stopped. Yeah, that's right. We sort of um, rolled back the the company. company. We we pulled, you know, got rid of that and, you know, this was Tom Grosser. You still still worked for quite a number of years after that, didn't you? Five, five, six years. We had the global financial disaster, which that happened right when we were retiring. So I thought, ah, yep, got it all organised, got enough money to live on, yeah, super organised with all this stuff. And that hit, and that was such a big shock. And so that was a big hit on your super? That was a huge hit because you imagine you think, yes, we've got enough money now, I was quite happy, I could see that everything was going to go well, and practically overnight when you've retired, you lose a good quarter of it, and then you're thinking, well, we've finished work, how can we make it? Okay, Tommy, back out to work. (laughs) I didn't go out full time, but we... (laughs) I did go out, you know, I had a couple of guys that last probably 20, 25 years of my life, I, uh, working life, I worked for the gas company and, uh, and I got to know uh, quite a few of the fitters and, and they, they used to sort of ring me up in that period from 65 to 70 
I went out and helped and did work for them. And Still uh, as a subcontractor? This is a subcontractor, but I was, wasn't working to the gas company. I was working for these, for these, guys, yeah. these actual, actual people. Was that hard to do, have to do that? No, not, not no, no. Fully retire? No. I, I think that helped. Like a lot of people, I always remember my um, uncle... He was in the medical field selling instruments and all that sort of thing. He retired at 65, and I think he was dead about a month later. So you didn't want to retire? No. <laughs> I didn't want to die. <laughs> really? Was that, that was a, that was a yeah, real he, conscious he, thought that you yeah. thought that, you know, that, I mean, I've heard those stories too. Yeah. I don't know if I, I being the Lord, I, I think that, you know, when, when he did, no, I'm sorry. When he did die, I thought, shivers, you know. I re- always remember my auntie, I, you know, went to the funeral yeah. and she was rotten, you know, she was mad. Why did he do that, you know? Because they would have had a whole bunch of plans, I oh, imagine. Oh, yeah, well, you know, they, they, they probably wanted to do what we did, you know, go around Australia. And, yeah, the Lord helps that. I know I didn't want to die, that's for sure, but, you know, the Lord is, you know, Keeps you, um, well, it rounds you anyway. So it helped you not be worried that... Yeah. I, you know, going before I came to the Lord, I had a fear of dying, you know, because my pa- father died very, very early when I was six. And I, I just thought that, you know, you get to 40 and that's it. Did that worry you because your father had died young yes. as well? Yeah, yes, okay. it did. Yeah. And my brother died when he was 43 or something yeah. too, but... You know, he had other problems. He had a big car accident, and yeah, but and that that age is praise the Lord. I've I've got over that. So I had a heart attack and got over. Yeah, no. <laughs> so can I just ask how old you both are? I'm seventy eight. I'm seventy three, seventy four in a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> so you you've lived thirty eight years past what you thought you might. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's pretty good. And, and and most of that's in the Lord. You know that the Lord protects you. So you had to go back to work. So when did you actually lay down your tools and stop well, stop working? We, we we spoke about it, and uh, it came up. I I was seventy, just uh, uh, you know probably seventy seventy nearly seventy one, and uh, it was in my seventieth first year. And I said to Jan, my license came up to renewal, and I thought, well, you know, what do I need that for? I think I'll stop. And I said to Jan, I, should I stop? She said, mate, it's up to you. It's your decision. If, you, if I say yes, you stop and you don't want to, um, you know, I'll be in trouble. You know, she'd be in trouble. Did you, did you want him to stop though, Jan? Yeah. Even though you said that, did you? I was, you know, a bit concerned because of Tom. Tom's always been so energetic and on the go and, and how do you... Just stop. I mean, we were lucky enough to have that time where we'd closed down the company and he'd just been working as a sole trader. So then, you know, he didn't have to work every day. So this was... So it was really, like an easing off yes, of, of the workload. So it yeah. was a great, great time. He didn't have to work every day. So we could slow down into this time. And I just wanted Tom to make that decision. And I think... Because people kept ringing him, you know, to do stuff, I mean, if he felt he could do it, but I was starting to worry. I didn't really want him climbing up on roofs and things like that because yeah. it's a very physical job. Yeah. But I didn't want to turn around and say, you can't do it either, you know, because I knew he can 
physically, but how long do you keep doing something that like that? It must be hard to... Yeah. That must be hard to decide what to say and what not to say. Yeah, yeah. Even though your heart's desire says, I don't want him on Reeves anymore, to not... But it was good in the way that, well, we bought the caravan. I think, well, I, I'd had a heart it had. So I think that changed my attitude on everything as well. We'd been through the global financial thing. We'd lost the money anyway. I thought, okay, let's... Let's do the caravanning, and I thought, how am I going to survive? Because you you were a, you were never a fan, no, really, were you? I'm going to go on a caravan out in the dirt. Yeah, you're, are you kidding me? That's the only thing that Tom had ever really desired, yeah. right? And you were not keen. No, but I thought, oh, you know, it's not going to kill me to go out there, is it? You know, that's his one big dream. Let's do it. And I had a ball. I loved every minute of it. You know. So we really and you enjoyed just, you that. You didn't just travel together either, did you? No. You went no, with some other friends? No, we went with uh, two other couples. Yeah. And that, that would have been fun. That, that was, was great. That time. was special. It was, a, it, was a, it was a special time. Yeah. You know, you'd get up in the morning, you'd have some breakfast and you'd get together and, you know, say hello and... Take off. <laughs> take off, you know, set, set your vans up and set your cars up and get all set and... You know, jump on the road, right? You drive for this is you know probably eight thirty, and and uh, you get maybe nine, a little bit after nine, and you get a call. We ha- all had two way radios. Yeah. Um, it'd be, hey Tom, how about a a, a coffee break? Well, with <laughs> half an, an hour drive, <laughs> about an hour drive maybe. And <laughs> how about a coffee break? Oh, yeah, yes, Ian, of course we will. And we'd stop at what they were P-stops. They were just a sign <laughs> with a big P. Parking, not, parking, not, not peeing. They were, no. Um, just they for were parking. parking. Okay. And they were off the road and you yeah. could pull your van in and th- well, everybody could pull in there. There's three vans because there's other people there <laughs> too and you had a coffee. <laughs> so because you're retired, I imagine, so pretty chilled, no set oh, time frame, no. destination, got to get there in a hurry. No, no. So you did a few trips, didn't you? Yeah, we went to Victoria twice. Um, we went to Queensland twice. Yeah. And, but then, uh, then did, we did the cruise. We went, uh, you know, we did a Mediterranean cruise. So how old were you when you set off in the van the first time? Oh, the first time I was about 60, 64, Well, 60. that was 2010. Well, just we totally... 2010 because it was just, we'd, had, we'd been on the Mediterranean cruise... I'd had the heart attack earlier that year, so we went on the Mediterranean cruise, got home, got the caravan. That was early 2011. So you'd have been 66. Mm. Mm. Do you wish you'd done it earlier? No. No? No. No, he was too busy working earlier. If if I didn't work all the time, yes. But, you know, know, my... All, all, all I wanted to do was work, and that was the be-all and end-all. So when you finally put down the tools... How did you feel at that point? I, you look back to it now and it, I suppose it was hard. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know that I've put them down as such because it's still, well, you know, I, I still work. I still, I've got my shed and I plan that shed. And, uh, yeah. So you're doing different things now. You've yeah, been in cabinetry. So you've, yes. you've still got, so while you've you know, always been handy with your hands and always done amazing things there, you've now been able to take that into a... Uh, you know, your hobby or yes. you know, other things, other yes. little projects around the house and stuff. Yes. I thought it was wonderful because I was the silly one who did all the bass statements <laughs> and everything like that. And all of a sudden, 
I didn't have to do, do them. anything. I used to get migraines. I used to have sleepless nights trying to balance all those books and invoices on that stupid computer. And all of a sudden I was set free. It was wonderful. So once you'd retired, Jan, did you... Was it a big change having then Tom in the house? Oh, my goodness. It's breakfast, lunch and tea. You know, this lunch thing. I used to pack his lunch and send him packing before, but now he was there for lunch. That's a, that's a big change, isn't it, is. it, right? Because, you know, if you're, you know, for 50 years, you know, he's you know, grabbed his breakfast. I mean, I know in the early days you had, you know, apprentices oh. around the kitchen table for bre- you know, yeah. breakfast time and whatever, so it was a pretty, pretty hectic, but... Once they were out, they were out, and then you could get on with your day. So now Tom's there 24-7. How, how did that go? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit of a I think we kept busy for a while there, didn't we? We always had somewhere to go, something to do. But, yeah, I think the food thing, constant food, whereas I didn't worry about it so much, all of a sudden, you know, food became a major thing because <laughs> if he didn't eat, well, it's like being in a cave with a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Tom gets hungry based on what the clock says, not on what, yeah. not on what his tummy, his tummy says. What the tummy saying? I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, when Tom needs food, you need to get it to him quickly. So that that that's. But I assume not just the food thing, right? I mean, obviously, having someone you know, in the house twenty four seven compared to what it was like previously, did that um, was that a big change for you? Uh, in, in a way, um, but. We seemed, we, we've always got on very well together, mm. so it was good to have him company as well. I really enjoyed that because by this stage we'd moved up here and I wasn't, you know, I'd taken on that other job of, you know, data house and doing work and I'd stopped that. So now I wasn't worrying about doing doing the work and we decided that we'd go out and have those coffees that he always wanted. <laughs> so that was a big thing to just go out for lunch sometimes too. He loved to go out and just have a coffee and go to the right. shops and go and see people. people yeah. So we, we people. were having a good time, you know. We we enjoyed being together and I, you know, did enjoy having someone cart the groceries for me. Yeah. Trouble was it was a bit embarrassing because Tom likes to think he's a kid and he'd always jump on the jolly trolley and scoot it and go screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Ooh. <laughs> Good on you, Tommy. <laughs> Never grown up, but yeah, no, we get on. We have a good time, and um, you know, I've enjoyed retirement, you know, like that. But now, as as we've got older, we we find too we've got to take it in turns driving. So we both keep up our driving skills. So your turn to drive today, or my turn, and and Tom's great at home because he helps chop up all the veggies. Doesn't cook them, but he can chop them up and clean up. So that's good. I wouldn't be able to cope without his help, really. So I'm very happy for all that. So how long have you been married now? 54 years. 54 years? Mm, must be. We got married in 1968. <laughs> it's 55 years. <laughs> so when you look back over 54 years, would you do anything different? No. No. I think you just muddle through life. You know, you get married, you're young, you're stupid. You know, just, just as well, you don't know what's going going on. I, we I, had kids, yeah, and you have kids, and oh, I, I think too the thing that is good, you you come to the Lord. You know, we came to the Lord. I was thirty four or something. You know, so I've been forty years in the Lord. Well, that 
It was half my life and that's been special. That has been the main thing because mm. you didn't have to worry about work. Work, because yeah. it, w- work. work just seemed to arrive. Yeah. We it didn't happened. have to struggle and strain about before. We used to, you know, be worrying, oh, did we get that job, you know, quote that. But when we came to the Lord and you got that gas company work, mm. it was like there was never a worry about work anymore. And because that, that was a, a big thing for you because I, I remember you telling me that when you came to the Lord, you were like a six or seven day a week working I, person. I, I you? used to work seven days a week and, yeah. and at least, you know, maybe nine hours a day and flat out. And you come to the Lord and, you know, you have to, well, not have to, you, we went to meetings on Sundays and, you know, I used to work Sundays and, uh, you know, you, you'd go to the meetings so you'd have Sundays off, so six days. And then I always remember prayer and fast, like we've just had a prayer and fast and, and you know, a great day. But back when I was working full time, I used to work Saturdays and I didn't want to work. I didn't or sort of sometimes I would say, no, I'd, I'll go and work. But most times I'd, you know, everything, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a very good day because you weren't at prayer and fast. <laughs> Things wouldn't go and, right. And they wouldn't go right. And I've, had, I've, had, I've several, had a couple of those days. Several times <laughs> that's happened. We're told pretty clearly in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 6 as an example, that the Lord knows what we need. Yeah. If we put him first, he'll take care of those that's things. Right. And, and obviously that worked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times obviously where you, you know, put work before the Lord, but but I imagine most of the time when you put the Lord first, That's right. um, he just took care of those things. Oh, that scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Yeah. <laughs> I used to hang on to that scripture the whole time. Be anxious for nothing, you know. No, be careful for nothing. Like So be anxious for nothing because it's not worth worrying about. In the Lord, the Lord's got hold of it. So it'll all work out somehow in the end. It's what you're going through. And the other one, you know, trust in the Lord. You sort of hang on to those scriptures. And So for someone who's, you know, in their 50s or maybe in their 60s who are you know, looking forward, you know, into the future at some point and retiring, what advice would you give them? Not that I did it, but I'd start thinking about it and, and start planning it and plan what you want to do. Like, you know, if you want to go travelling, travel. Don't leave it too late. Like I think like what we did, you know, at 65 or 66, it was just perfect time to go caravanning. Like if you want to do it and if sooner you do it, if you can afford it, and if you've got the equipment, well, you go for it yeah. and if you've got the time. But, you know, don't leave it too late. In your 70s, yes. I, I don't think you can do it. Jan said to us... Well, that was my plan, wasn't it? I, yeah. I, I sort yeah. of had a bit stop. of a plan. Yeah, well, we moved house, so we had a bit more money to put into superannuation. I, I planned all that sort of thing. And and then, you know, we bought the caravan. And I th- said to you at the time, I'd like to be off the road by the time we're 70, into our 70s. I don't think old people should be carting caravans around too much. But uh, we've still got the caravan, but I really don't want to go out there too much on the road. I mean, you think about it in your head. The problem with getting old is your brain's still telling you, yes, I can do this, you know, oh, yeah, not a problem, I can do that. But really physically, when you think about it, 
your brain lies to you sometimes. It never hardly ever changes, does it? I mean, I'm 51 now, and I still think like like I was 18 in my head. Yeah, yeah, and that that doesn't change. But and that's the difficult thing about getting older because it's even more so. You keep thinking, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that. And they say, yeah, I want to kill myself. You know, do, do you ever get to the point where you reconcile? That like, do you actually get to a point where you go, actually, yeah, I can't do everything, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm trying to still do that. Then, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I do. I've got to a point where you can you can do a little bit, but it you can't keep on doing it because you you just run out of puff. You know, and that's okay. Since my heart troubles, I you know might do um, a couple of hours in the shed and. And that's that's my bit. I can go to, and go and sit down. Mm-hmm. And another thing I've done now is I'm, I've learnt to read. Which when I when I was working, I, I never read anything. You didn't have time. I didn't have time. But now you're a, you're you've got a, big, a little bit of time. You're a big reader now, aren't you? Yeah, I, not a big reader, but I do read a, a lot more books than I ever did. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until the point I retired, I think I read one book. Yeah. And that would have taken me probably two years. Yeah. But now. I've read quite a few books and I really enjoyed that. I can sit down and read for a couple of hours, which I think that's another thing you can do too when you do retire is, is start reading because it's, you know, there's lots of information out there. But we're so busy all the time as well, <coughs> yeah, aren't being, we? I mean, being in the Lord, there's always it's a busy there's coffee mornings to go to in the fellowship or they've got some other talk on or this or that and house meetings and Saturday meetings or Sunday meetings. You feel like you go, go, go pretty well. So it's great, really. I don't know how people in the world, you know, get on, but our lives are really busy. So, um, they're really I think fulfilled, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that's great to sort of, you know, you have that fellowship. You've always got someone to talk to or somewhere to go. Mm. And, you know, I think that's really good, isn't it? It really? is. Good. Yeah. You sort of. Yeah. So, Jan, what advice would you give people who are in their 50s or early 60s? Um, about retirement or planning for retirement? I'd plan, but I'm a, I'm a bit of a planner. So, um, you know, plan what you want to do. Everybody's a bit different, I think, but, you know, you've got to work out what your finances are and I think that's a big part of it. You don't want to go into it without understanding a bit of that and then things that you don't think will happen can happen. So you deciding where you're going to live, if you're going to travel, you know, there's all those things that you need to really start making lists of and thinking about, you know, you, how, what things you spend money on and what things are you going to want to do in your retirement. So you have to budget for that. So if you want to go travelling, you've got to make sure you've got the money to yeah. do it. And so the key is doing that early. So yes. not leaving it until you're 65. No. Start having that those thoughts and conversations in, what, your early 50s. Well, I think, you know, you guys, you had your super, you've got your superannuation happening, so you've got a fair idea. But that sort of only came in through halfway through our life, so we had to sort of play catch up. But, um, yeah, sort of getting all those, where, where you're going to live, I think, you know, make it, they're pretty big decisions to make. And I imagine uh, they're big decisions too when you've lived in a house for 30 years and you've brought kids up there and it's the family home and making decisions like that, mm. I imagine, are big decisions. Especially when yes. your daughter comes and says, no, you're not selling the house and tells the <laughs> land agent to go away. <laughs> and she wasn't even living in the state. <laughs> but, yeah. the thing, that, that I remember too. having lots of conversations about the memories are in your head, 
Emily, the Emily, and the memories aren't in the house. Right? The memories are in you. It's okay; they can sell it. <laughs> and and I think that's the thing too. You Elmo Avenue was a, a great family home, and it was in a fantastic position for work, and and it was close to the Vogue, and uh, um, it was getting big. It was old, and uh, you know we well so much downsized a little bit. It's not as downsizing a great lot, but. The place we've got was new and I didn't have to do a lot of work. So it was easier to maintain. It was easier to maintain. Yep. But that's, you know, that's one thing you've got to think about. You know, you, you, might, you might be in a home that your family's grown up in. It might be big, it might be old, I don't know. But, you know, you have to think about that. And that's another thing you've got to do too. You've got to do that early. You don't want to leave that too long because that's... It's pretty hard, you know, to, to move, you know, physically. And get emotionally, up you know, it's very hard to leave the house that yeah. you brought your kids up in. Yeah. You know? I suppose the more you think about these things over a number of years, the easier I imagine they are to do as opposed to being forced into do something where you haven't given yourself a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah I think it pays to start as early as you can to sort of Think about where you want to be. You know, you don't always get everything right, but you know, at least think about it. Some people, all of a sudden, they hit sixty-five, not, and they might have a full-time job, and all of a sudden have nothing. I think that would be the hardest thing, and that you haven't planned for what you're going to do. You know, and a lot of people say, "Oh, no, I'm going to work," you know, into my seventies and that, and they've got those sort of jobs that you can. I suppose, whatever suits you. But once again, don't leave it too long because if you want to go and do travel and everything like that, you get over 70, you don't quite have the stanima that you really want to. I mean, we did a bus trip, you know, in Europe on the early days, didn't we? And, um, you know, you, you could see the older guys, we were really struggling and, and we were in our 60s or something, so we were fine and we, and we were pretty fit. But it's not an easy thing to do. You're 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 on the go the whole time, you know. And if you want to do that sort of travel, you really don't want to be too much older than 60, 65 because you've got to keep up. It's good advice. You've inspired me to get a van and travel. <laughs> <laughs> might do that. I might do that next year. You might do that next <laughs> year, Ben. The van's I think that'll be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, you're doing it early. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing a bit of your story. I'm confident there's some great advice in there for those who are who are going to listen to this, who are, you know, 10 or 15, maybe even 20 years away from retiring and, and uh, to start their, start thinking about it now. So, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Thank Plan. you. Thank you. <laughs> Mike and Helga, so we're talking about retirement and you have sort of retired in the traditional sense of retiring from your jobs. I know you haven't retired from serving the Lord. What advice would you have for those who haven't retired about preparing for it and uh, and life post-retirement? I suppose we always had plans. One of the things was Pastor John, before we retired, a few years before we retired, said we needed people to go and travel to other assemblies. So that was one of the things that we thought straight away. That's something we can do. Yep. And so how long before you officially retired had you sort of started planning that process? Oh, it was about at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we, we knew that if you wanted to have a reasonably good life when you retired, the best thing to do was get rid of all your debts and have a, a small amount in, in, um, in super 
which is what we did and which is even more amazing spiritually, I guess, than the fact that we went through a pretty nasty court case and we ended up at the end of that with $20 to our name. This is uh, when you were sort of still working yeah. in business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. back in early, early 2000s. Early 2000s, yeah. And the law turned it round, and but the financial people we went and, and see, they said, make sure you always have a balanced investment portfolio. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So we had a, a couple of shares, small shares, most of which we'd been given, like AMP and Telstra. We had a couple of investment properties. One by no. the time. There was one that you knew about, Mike, and then there was another yeah. one. <laughs> there was the ones that she, she no. sold it away. No, Actually, don't. that's not so funny because uh, um, one stage she wanted to put more money on the um, the mortgage and I said, no, 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 we can't do that. We, we need to do it this other way. And uh, we talked about it and we agreed uh, we weren't going to do that. And then she went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it actually turned out the right thing to do. <laughs> Definitely not editing that bit out. <laughs> so when we retired, we had a, a small nest egg. We owed nothing. We, we owned our house, owned our cars. We um, bought a caravan. We had the caravan. So we and, could do the uh, and so we just went travelling. And uh, the first trip we went away for was six six months. We did a couple. While we were still well, we working, we did get us a couple of small ones. We'd go up yeah. and visit some of the assemblies. Yeah. But And that's really been the highlight of our, yeah. well, apart from working down here, the, the, of our retirement. So we're at, we're at Karakunga Camp uh, at Christmas time in 2020. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. And, and that's something we always planned to keep doing as long as we could, was be at ca- help at camp. Because we really enjoyed it, yeah. we loved doing it. Yeah, but the, the winter months, nothing much happens down here, so we go away. And the smaller assemblies up up north on the east yeah. coast, they really appreciate it. And they're our second home now. But yeah, the, from the natural point of view, is to keep healthy. Uh, don't go We've stupid been very with the way with you, you, you're eating. We've always gone on walks, and we do keep some fairly fit. strenuous walks. Yeah. We don't spend heaps of money, but we don't miss out. That's really, really good because we can go out for meals and coffees and, and all that sort of stuff. And if we the washing machine blows up, we can afford a new one and all that sort of stuff. So it's just in everything we've done, it's been in moderation. Don't dive into, you know, like some people dive into real estate and start buying heaps of those. Well, that's great as long as the market's going up. When the market goes down, you've got trouble because you've got nothing to bounce against. And so that comes back to that balance in terms of the approach yeah. that your yeah. your financial advisor had given you. Yeah. yeah, and your best financial advisor is the Lord because we once were looking at uh, buying another investment property. And then we found one. It was a good one. And then we thought it was, the re- investment return was quite good, wasn't it, on it, the rental return. And uh, we thought, no, let's wait. There's a prayer and fast on this Saturday. We'll see what comes out. So we went to the prayer and fast. Went right the way through the prayer and fast, all the gifts, the the talks and the um, testimonies, not a thing, nothing whatsoever came out that said, yes, go and do it or no, don't. We came out from the prayer and fast. We looked at each other and went, no. no. <laughs> we just knew. And Both oh. of us at the same time, we just looked, didn't uh, even say anything, just looked at each other and said, no, that's not what we want. And it was the best move ever. Yeah. But I've heard of other people when they do that and the Lord says, no, and they go, oh, really? Do you really mean that? No, I'm sure we can get <laughs> Was that a no or was that a maybe? <laughs> yeah, or That's right. <laughs> so, so we've always done that and listened to what the Lord says. And it's, it's served as well because, say, we went from almost bankruptcy to being reasonably well off. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much both for sharing that. Pastor Drop and Helen, we're just going to ask you some questions about retirement because you're both retired now, aren't you? Yes. Yes, we are. So if you were giving some advice to your younger selves or even the younger generation in our church, what advice would you have about retirement? I dare say, first of all, you've got to know that you're going to be busy. There's nothing worse than just becoming a couch potato. So that was my concern that I didn't want that. And so when when I turned 65 and I could legally get the pension, uh, I was prepared to do it. And we decided that we'd sell up and get the old caravan and be grey nomads and cruise all the fellowships, you know. I had this great thought that we could go up to Gawler for, for about six weeks and he could go on writing the history and I could go door knocking. But then we realised we actually couldn't afford to do it. <laughs> we had to keep working. So the money part does come into it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so just when we were going to sell our property, put it on the market actually, we actually got a, when I was 65 and Helen was 61, uh, got a, an offer. We did counter offer, but it wasn't quite what we wanted. Mm. And then I asked the agent what the man who was buying it wanted for, and he told me he was going to put self-storage sheds on our three and a half acres. And we thought, never thought of that. All I can say is we went from there, took it off the market, and I started building sheds, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and built up a whole new business until I was, kept working until I was 78. And, um, but after that, it really went downhill. But Helen was um, more the other way. Yes, I have to admit that I was concerned that he he might drop off the perch and leave me with the business because business wasn't really my thing. I'm a good gopher, you know, clean up here, clean up there, all the rest of the stuff that goes with running a business, but I didn't want the headache of the mental thing of running it. So that was very much behind us. And we had been saying, looking at the retirement village where Chris McNichol was and I liked it and of course it's a stone's throw from the Woodcroft Hall no more big trips so but it wasn't as simple as that because we have one of our children living in Queensland in Sunshine Coast and we did talk with the idea again with Helen thinking if I wasn't around maybe good to have one of our children nearby the other two are still in New Zealand so uh, we actually went for a trip up there and looked at houses and toyed with the idea and it just didn't come together. And then and we, we couldn't afford it anyway. You know, we <laughs> went down to Central Coast and yeah. again thought of that. And But anyway, after a while I said to Helen, well, where would you really like to go? And then she went back to where we are right now. So I said, oh, forget Queensland, well, let's go home. But then when we got back to Adelaide, I tried to talk her into going to uh, buying just an ordinary unit down near uh, Brighton Jetty because I like a bit of fishing and the beach and all that. And she she was very good. And even when we went to Queensland, yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah, she was sort of agreeing, but the excitement certainly wasn't there. And anyhow, I basically talked her into, yeah, let's get a unit, just an ordinary unit on Jetty Road. There's quite a few along Jetty Road in Brighton. And then I said, but what would happen if... Uh, because I, I remember pointing out the advantage was it's almost central to Woodcroft and the Vogue, about the same distance. And I said, we've got choice of that, and close to Adelaide, and going all the good points. And and then I said, but if I then died, what would you do? She said, I'd sell up immediately 
and moved to Woodcroft. So <laughs> that, that was it. Woodcroft it is. And it really was the best. She was right. Yeah. So when you're making these big decisions, you're obviously making decisions about what you're planning to do in your retirement. You're also planning on what it's going to happen if one of you isn't here, which... That's true. That is true. So what that plan is, is to be involved in the gospel. There's nothing else worthwhile. But also that yeah. you don't want to be like that situation we had with the business. Yeah. Where all of a sudden you're stranded out in the donger a bit. Yeah. And absolutely. running a business which you would not be comfortable with at all. And maybe have to push the sale through and maybe not get such a good price and all that. All things. So all we did have to think about that. Yeah. And fortunately our business went went up and up and we sold okay and bought Got first time in our life in 78 years we didn't have a mortgage <laughs> and we bought the unit, yeah. Yeah, it's only a little unit, so but it's nice. perfect for us. Exactly. It's only a little two-bedroom place. It is ideal to just be able to lock the door and drive away and go off to visit an assembly somewhere. And, you don't... and do you do that often? Yes, very yeah. often, yes. So that's another thing. If you think about retirement, you've got yes. to work out now I've been busy with a job or whatever you've been busy with, and now what am I going to do? And I dare say involvement in the fellowship could go up if we do it properly. You may retire from your job, but you never retire from serving the Lord, do you? No, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yes. And tell me about the difference between you as a couple and other people that are living in the same retirement village. We see them walking their dogs around and... They don't seem to have the great interest in life that we have. When we see people drive in and out, I think we probably drive in and out ten times more than what they do. We have so many things to go to and places to visit and people to see and we've very often got lots and lots of visitors, which is all very nice. Yeah, so there is a big difference. We're not interested in the happy hour. That's all they've got, the happy hour on a Friday night. And we get a leaflet comes out a couple of times a week on all the entertainment things that are happening in the village. Well, it's really good to write the shopping list on, I find. Um, <laughs> yeah. A life in the Lord gives lots of purpose, doesn't Absolutely. it? Which is obviously yeah. where maybe these other people who have retired have lacked that purpose. Well, because we didn't have a property that would be in any way suitable for retirement, like owning an ordinary house in suburbia, uh, we might have been, like a lot of people do, live it out. You know, you don't have to go into a retirement village. You can retire but not go into a village. And uh, not, normally if you go to a nursing home, you've got to because you've got to that stage in life. But often if you can survive in your ordinary home, you can. We couldn't do that. So we thought, well, we won't do all those I mentioned before. The thought of living down at Brighton had gone through my mind. But one thing we did realise when we bought the, in the village is you've got to be 55 years old to buy or older to be in the village and all the people therefore are all old and they usually have done whatever they're going to do in life and to buy into our village is only a middle of the road one it's not an expensive one but you still need maybe at least the sale of your house to get into it so therefore you're dealing with people that have done the best they can a reasonable retired nice really nice people uh, in a natural sense Compared with my idea of buying a unit down at Brighton where who knows what the neighbours are and maybe nearly all the others might be rentals and and everything, it could have been totally different. So 
really got that right. There is a safety aspect. They lock the gates at night and, and people watch out for each other. Yeah. So you retired at 78. When did you start thinking about retirement? And if you had your time again, when would you start thinking about retirement? I think we're both a bit different on that. So, I, I, Honestly, I wouldn't change anything. I no. think the Lord was in the whole thing. Yeah, we so, don't. don't so, if you, so if you're giving advice to younger people, right? When would you suggest that they start thinking about their retirement plan or what that what that yes. should look like? From your point, yes, I see. I think they should be thinking about it younger than what we did. <laughs> um, yes, it's mainly because everybody's different. So to give a generalisation mostly wouldn't work. So if they're a person that. Uh, I'll just say, you either want to retire or you don't get to that point. So therefore, you're looking forward to retirement, then you will make plans. Like you might have a job that's got a superannuation scheme and you think, right, in 30 years' time, if I'm good and work the job, then I'll retire. And a lot of people like that. Nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't me. Because when I was working in the post office, I got to the dizzy heights of being what's called a postal clerk, which is a rung up above selling stamps on the front counter. It was in sort of partly running the post office up in Elizabeth in those days. And I had a great job. I had a secure future. One day I could be a postmaster. It was the next rung up sort of thing. And you start off great one, two, three, four. Who knows what you'd go through to. And everything was worked out. My pension was worked out. It was all good. It just wasn't me. And when I was about 31, I just said, this is killing me. It's a fantastic job. But I don't want to think, see, I'm the opposite. I don't want to think about retirement. I want to live. I only have one life, and I'm not going to give it to the jolly old post office. So <laughs> but then uh, Pastor John and my wife said, I had no education, by the way, very little, uh, other than in the post office. And uh, I just, they said, you can't just leave. So, uh, so you've got to be something. So I could study to go quicker up within the post office, like to get my last year of high school matriculation, but I didn't even get the year below that. I only went to third year high school, and but I think I could have done it. I said, yeah, I'll study for two years on correspondence, however you do it, at night school, and all I am still what I am, just got a higher education. If I'm going to study, I want to study to be something. And then I found out this job called a licensed land broker. I didn't even know what a licensed land broker was and found out that it's doing the legal part of real estate. So I went and bought all the books. And at that time, it was only a one-year course. All the others were two or three-year course. But I ended up doing it by correspondence. I was working at a full-time job in the post office, had a mortgage, had a wife, had three little girls, and thought, and I had involvement. I was Pastor John's a shadow to as two I see, and uh, I didn't want to stop that, so I won't go through it all. But at the end of that year, I just passed, but I passed. I remember when the results came out, there were six distinctions, 10 credits, and 20 passed. I was in the 20, I didn't care. And I'd already told the postmaster, I said, You know, the day I know I've got it, I'm out of here. So at about the age of 32, I went out. I remember the other guys in the post office. It was almost like, you're going to curl up in the gutter and you're going to die with that dear old mother post office looking after you and, and all that. And it was a bit scary at first. But it was one of those courses where you never did anything practical. You just passed it. You had no idea how to do the job, not in one year. But so I had to start from scratch. We did that for 10 years. And really ever since then, now and again I worked in New Zealand as a salesman 
but I was no salesman. I'm a hopeless salesman. So um, I think to be a salesman, you've got to have that killer instinct and you never accept no for an answer. And often I was saying people a house and they'd say, we'll like to think about it. I said, yeah, that's a good idea. And I suppose they encourage them to think about it. You encourage them to sign on the dotted line. So I never did all that well at selling. But other than that, I, I really have always worked as a build, got into building big time. And we did, Helen got involved in that too. We did enjoy that. So here I am giving advice to young people. It's more who you are. If you're like getting a good job, and going right through to 65 or whatever, maybe a bit earlier, and go on, on, on either the pension or superannuation, then do that. But if you're maybe like me, then you're maybe not even thinking about retirement. Jack of all trades. Jack of all trades. Master of none. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for both sharing. <laughs> yeah. no, it's a bit longer than two minutes. <laughs> So there you have it, some interesting insight into retirement. I'm sure there are many other options and challenges and ideas that uh, many others have faced. And why don't you go and seek out, go and speak to those people that have gone before you, have a chat with them, have Mm. a coffee with them, go and ask them what their experience is. That's a great idea. Awesome. We'll put some links to some public available resources around planning retirement on the webpage. So just search He Says, She Says, God Says in Google and you'll find that. You'll also find our social media accounts as well. So just, again, just search for He Says, She Says, God Says. All righty. I'll do that. All right. So we're off to do some retirement planning. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. I think our retirement planning is sitting in the driveway. (laughs) Until next time. He Says. She Says. God Says. This is very different. See how it goes. What's different? Well, talking and uh, um, I, I'm not very good at this. Not very good at talking. No, well, Since I'm, when? I'm good at talking, but you know, not <laughs> not talking into microphones. I need to clean my glasses. What's that got to do with you? This is audio, not video. Yeah, I need to clean my glasses so I can hear better.